the introduction. Sweet. Should be loading in now. Oh boy. No. Oh. All right, it says we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, millions in attendance, welcome to a special edition of D Line Sports. We got a special guest with us. You know him as the GM for the Indianapolis Colts. For this point on now, we'll forever call him the brain of the NFL. The one, the only, the myth, the legend, our daddy and yours, Mr. Chris Ballard. Yay! Chris, thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me on. I um I know you don't have a whole lot of time, um, but when we've talked before, we we've offered our platform to you. So I, before we start any questions, I want to give you the floor. If there's been nobody ask a certain question about the draft that you want Colts fans to know, feel free. If there's anything about the upcoming season that you want Colts fans to know, this is your time to say whatever it is you want to say. Well, look, I'll I'll say this. Um, first thing is, I'm like, I love our fans. I love their passion. Um, I love how they always show up no matter what. Um, I'm always available. I mean, I think everybody sees on game day as I wander around and talk to people that I love to hear people's takes. I love that about our fans, the good and the bad. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a problem when people ask me hard questions that, um, you know, sometimes people don't want to, you know, they don't always want to answer, but I'm fine answering them. I mean, I, we're not here if it's not for our fans and I will always be appreciative for them. I would, I would rather them show up, um, and you know be passionate about our team and and we want to make them proud i mean we want to make our fans proud i mean that that was a big theme of ours this off season um you know as we made some of the changes we made um we want to make our fans proud awesome and i think you guys do a heck of a job at that i'm not trying to be biased because uh we're all colts fans here but you guys really do go out of your way um i think i got to uh, more than half of the training camp last year, and every player was more than happy to come around, sign autographs, talk with you a minute, take a photo of that, and I think that's definitely a, a, a direct reflection on, on you and your leadership. Well, look, we're fortunate to do what we do, um, and we want to share it. We want our fans to, to be a part of it. We want them to come on the journey with us. Um, that was a big that's a big reason why we're, you know, we have training cramp at, at uh, Grand Park um, to give our fans access. It, it's a big reason, you know, why our players are the way they are. I mean, they they get the big picture and they understand that, you know, our fans are a big part of this, and you know, we want them with us. Awesome. Uh, speaking of the journey, I'm going to turn it over to Carvey real quick. He's got an uh, an awesome question that leading into right what you said. Carvey? Hey, hey, Chris, how you doing today? Good, brother. Go ahead. All right, so from coaching, because you used to be a coach, and from uh, being a pro scout for the Chicago Bears, and now you're the coach, uh, GM for the Colts, what made you want to transition to management, and what was your progression? So, yeah, it's, that's a great question. You know, when I first got in this guy, so I got lucky uh, when I got in. Jerry Angelo 
was the general manager, got hired as the general manager in Chicago, and I was coaching in, in Kingsville, Texas, a little small school, but we had had great success, a lot of NFL players, um, and I got to meet a lot of people in the NFL. And just out of the blue one day, he gives me a call, and he says, look, you uh, – he goes, you're, you're not moving. You've been there seven years. Um, I think you have some talent um, in, in evaluation. Why don't – you know, I think you'd be a great, you know, scout. And so I tried to, you know, I decided to take a jump at it. And actually, you know, two years into that, I had a chance to take a job as a secondary coach at a Division One school. Um, but I, and it would have been tripled my pay. But I told my wife I kind of found my niche, um, and I credit I credit all that to Jerry Angelo. Look, without Jerry, um, you know, guiding and teaching and you know, mentoring along the way, um, I. I I have no doubt I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and that's kind of led me to, you know, to hear. I mean, you know, I mean, I wish I could say this is how I had it planned, but it's not. I mean, I was passionate about uh, player acquisition and scouting. Um, I was passionate about being, I loved being part of a team. Um, that's always been something that's, you know, really driven me. Um, and it's just worked out along the way. I mean, I've gotten, I've been fortunate to work around some really special people in this profession, all the way back to college with Barry Alvarez um, and the staff that he put together that, you know, featured Billy Callahan, Jay Norvell, who's the head coach at, um, at in Nevada, Reno. Billy's an O-line coach, but, but he's been a head coach numerous times, you know, uh, both in the NFL and in college football. Dan McCarney, who was, you know, head coach at Iowa State. I mean, it was just an unbelievable staff. And then to go to Ron Harms in Kingsville, who's in the College Football Hall of Fame, um, to working with Jerry and Lovey in Chicago, then John Dorsey and Andy Reid um, in Kansas City. I've been fortunate. Everywhere, every step along the way, I've had some really, really good people and learned a lot at each and every stop. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, Coach Swoops, you got what do you got? So, we know a lot of a lot of people have been affected by the coronavirus, and the NFL, not not the least of which, got affected by it with the draft this year. And we know that that really hindered a lot of the uh, talent evaluation process. Uh, I was wondering if there was anything that you guys learned from this process this year that you're going to take forward and be able to use that as a tool going into the future so that's a that's that's a great question um you know i think it to be honest with you um these kind of calls on these zoom calls you know usually what what we do is we would fly kids in or we would fly around the country all over the place um to get to know these kids um but what we found is that we can use these kind of zoom calls to really even get to know them better. Cause we can spend even more time with them. Um, you know, the rules restricted us a little bit where we can only have three calls a week for an hour each. Um, but if there's a prospect that we were really dialed in on, we would use all three calls and three hours each week. And, um, you know, some of these guys, we ended up spending, you know, five, six, seven hours with on these zoom calls, really getting to know them and pick their brains and figure out what they knew and what they stood for. So all of that, I think there's no question that we will use going forward. And then just communicating with our staff, especially our college scouts. A lot of times they get lost on the road. 
um, to where they're in their own worlds. And, you know, we still communicate by email and by phone calls. Um, but to be able to keep them in the loop with these Zoom calls, I think is going to be beneficial for us going forward. That's cool. That's awesome. Kurt, um, I just lost my train of thought. Here comes the brain <laughs> I farts. I do it all the time. I do it mid-thought. I, I can lose my train of thought mid-thought, so don't worry. <laughs> I, to piggyback off of Coach Swoop's question, if somebody's wanting to get into the scouting, um, the ring, how would one go about that? Say, like, if they're an Indiana boy – um, they've got multiple talents, and they've been doing it for a little while. What what would be your suggestion to them to really break into the field? Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a great question. So you got to knock on every door, um, and you got to continue to knock on doors because it's not an easy league uh, to get into, um, especially in the scouting realm where nowadays um, everybody. It, it, I tell people this all the time that our world is flat now, especially with the access to film. Um, everybody's got access to it. So you've got to continue to beat every door down you can uh, to get in. And then when you get a chance to get in, um, it might be at a lower level where you're going to have to take a step back from what you're doing. Um, I, even when I got into scouting 20 years ago, um, I, I'd been the D coordinator, and even though it was a D, D2 school, it was a great D2 school that was producing a lot of high-end talent. Um, and financially, I took a step back, you know, when I came into the, uh, when I came into the league. Um, and I, I think a lot of people, a lot of times, sometimes people think that, well, all of a sudden it's the NFL and you're going to make all kinds of money, and that's not, <laughs> that's not the reality. I mean, this is still a business. Yeah. And, you know, ownership is they're running the league's running a business um, and it's no different than any other business. So you've got to weigh your passion versus, you know, sometimes financially what you're going to make. I mean, I always just chase my passion like I never chase money um, along the way. Um, I would tell you probably the first 15 years of my career financially, it was it was probably not the uh, what I should have been doing in terms of providing for my family um but it was what i was passionate about and they supported me in that that's awesome awesome so uh, i have a i have a question you know we drafted jonathan taylor which to me that was like the still of the draft pick and i was also picked that we did now since we picked another running back up is there a possibility that one of our running backs may become a slot receiver that's a good question um, look, all the one thing I'll say about all our backs, and I'm going to include Jonathan in this equation. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though Jonathan wasn't featured as a receiver in college, we think he can do some things in the passing game that's really going to help us. I mean, most of your explosive plays um, are created in the passing game, um, and all of them. They'll all stay at running back, um, but that doesn't mean that all of them, you won't see them sometimes lined up both outside and in the slot. I mean, Marlon and Naheem uh, both can do a lot of things, you know, outside of the, of the frame, um, and our coaches can get creative with them. I mean, Naheem, you've seen us use Naheem, mm-hmm. um, both in the slot, both outside and from the backfield. Um, so he, he, uh, he puts a lot of stress on the defense when he comes in the game 
and when he comes in the game with either Marlin or Taylor, Taylor or Wilkins. Um, so I think you'll see our staff use them all. They'll all stay at running back, but they'll all be used in different roles. That's awesome. That's what I like to hear. When you when you made that draft pick, I seen that playbook grow by two hundred pages with, <laughs> with the addition of Taylor. I mean, just and I'm a defensive minded guy, and I can see the offense just exploding with that pick. Absolutely. Well, you you meant having him and Mac and Wilkins, and you know it gives us it makes a look. It made a strength better. Uh, you know everybody look Marlon Max. Marlon Max a great player. Uh, but you can never have enough great players at one position. And I have a lot of faith in Nick and Frank, um, you know, to be able to find a way to use all of them. Well, uh, Chris, we only got a couple more minutes left with you. Coach, you got anything else you want to want to ask our distinguished guest? Well, I, I know you've been doing this for a few years now. And and seeing where you picked some of the players that you picked this year, I I really think you got a couple of steals. How excited are you to be able to see the player that you you want to get drop down to where you can you can make that pick? I mean, how does yeah, that that's feel? always it's a look. It's very satisfying. It's satisfying for our scouts who've done all the work, our coaches who put time into it. Um, you know, it all kind of works together where. When you bring a, and I tell our guys this all the time, when you bring a player into your organization, it's our job to help him get to his ceiling. Um, and so just from, you know, past draft picks, when you watch a Quentin Nelson, um, a Darius Leonard, a Braden Smith, um, Zaire Franklin, when they hit their ceilings in their roles, that's very satisfying. So we can't wait to get these guys in, get them started. Like any player, they got to prove it. Still, you know what they did at the college level. Um, it gives us an indication of what they're going to do at this level, but they still got to earn it. They still got to prove it. And that's a you know competition's a big theme of ours. So they're going to have to compete and earn it each and every day, and earn the respect of their teammates and and coaches. And um, I think they will. I think they got the character and makeup that's going to make this city proud when we watch them play on on Sunday. Fantastic. Yeah, I love that quote you was given to the local reporters, the pre-draft, and you said, listen, here, he's not, they talk about Eason, he's not the Messiah, he's a fourth-round pick, <laughs> he's got to earn his spot. Absolutely love that competition factor in a team atmosphere. It brings, just totally brings out the best out of everybody. Yeah, if, if you're not willing to allow players to compete to earn a spot, I don't know how you're growing and getting better. You know how does the how does the Kenny Moore come out of the come out of the you know come out of the fray um, and do what he's done in his career without the opportunity to compete and earn a spot? All right, that's good. well, Coach. Um, we are right at our fifteen minute mark. We're not going to keep you. Awesome. We know you're super busy. I just want to say how blessed and humbled I am for you coming on our little bitty show here and talking with us fans. I hope you enjoyed yourself, you. and you come back again sometime when, when we can man, work out the timing. Hey, appreciate Sorry it took so long to get me on, man, but I appreciate y'all having me on. I'll come back again. Awesome. Thank appreciate you. it. All, All right, right, fellas. Thank you all. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Matt, we are still live. Do you want to communicate later? Yeah, sounds good. Take care, guys. All right. Thank, thank you, you, sir, for all your help. Yep. Thank Go you. Colts. Go Colts. 
right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as promised, uh, your general manager of your Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard, uh, blessed us with some time. Um, I know it's not our normal scheduled time. Coach had to take his lunch break. Uh, and you can tell he's sitting in his car, but by God, he made it happen. He got there. Thank you, Coach. Uh, and it, hopefully you don't go home hungry not eating your lunch. And also, I want to say this, everybody. I think I know, <laughs> I want to say this, everybody. I know there's so many questions that we want to ask about the undraft free agents and whatnot, but just know that we was on a short period of time, so we have to make the best of what we have. So, again, but it was an honor to have somebody – Chris Fowler to be on the show. So again, everybody, and and, and, and I, I'll have I'll have you guys. I'll remember or I'll remind you guys um, when we first started talking with Chris Ballard. He said he'd be happy to be on the show.